This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Wayne Mabry, a.k.a. The Violator, and you're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast Show. Get your ears on and get some of this. Yeah! What's going on, Raider Nation? Welcome back after I took a week off last week. Loaded up the kids and the family went down. We took a little family vacation down to the beach. Hung out at this huge car show that they have going on. It was a pretty cool weekend. It's kind of a Father's Day tradition that we do every single year. Uh, had so much fun, we ended up actually all kind of catching a cold on the way back. So if I sound a little uh, nasally or raspy a little bit, that's kind of what it's coming from. I'm kind of coming down off that. Uh, but you know what? We had a lot going on these last couple of weeks. Couldn't miss out. Got a huge episode coming up. And it's time to get back to business here. And although I took the week off, I didn't really take it off. I took all my spare time that I usually use to prep for the weekly show, and I used it to kind of revamp things. I've added more sounds, more background beats. We've revamped uh, Real Talk a little bit. There's going to be kind of a rotation of songs coming in for that. We've added a new segment talking about uh, Raiders Beat articles. We've also been working with Raiders Beat to make sure that we get you guys the best guests possible. We want to keep you guys entertained 100% of the time. And this week, I think we went straight to the top. You guys are going to be hearing from Ian Rappaport here shortly on things that have kind of maybe concerned us as of recently. Just kind of get the lowdown and get some reassurance from the infamous rap sheet from NFL Network. Uh, but other than that, you know how I like to do it. I don't like to mess around and talk about podcast stuff. I like to talk about Raiders football. So let's dive into it. I got some announcements for you guys. And real quick, let's hit on some things that happened last week that we couldn't talk about during our week off. The Raiders have signed four-time Pro Bowler and soon-to-be 36-year-old left guard Richie Incognito to a one-year prove-it deal. And then in a corresponding move, we have released fifth-year guard Chaz Green, who started one game for us last year. The Raiders also waived injured fullback Ryan Yurichek. They then signed a former undrafted free agent cornerback, Dorian Jamal Killings, who goes by DJ. We got another jersey number swap. Vontez Burfick takes over Markel Lee's number 55, while Lee takes on number 52. A bold move. And this week started off with recently cut guard Chaz Green signing with the Denver Broncos. And to wrap this week up, their week three preseason game has officially been announced. The Raiders play the Packers in Winnipeg, Canada, August 22nd at 10.30 a.m. Pacific time. It will be played at the Canadian Football League's Winnipeg Blue Bombers field. So yeah, by the looks of these announcements, might have picked a bad week to take off, but that's all right. I'm going to make it up to you guys. Of course, we got Ian Rappaport coming up next, but also later in the show, we're going to have another familiar voice popping in. That's going to be Scott Winter. He's going to break down a couple of these topics that I just announced. Really looking forward to hearing from him again. Like I said, first coming up on the agenda here is Ian Rappaport. So we're going to take a short break. and When we return, we will be talking to the NFL Network's insider, Rap Sheet.
joining me now is NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport, otherwise known on Twitter as Rap Sheet. How are you doing, Ian? I'm good, man. How are you? Then we, you know, we're hanging in there a little bit earlier than what I'm used to, but you're my second morning guest, uh, so I'm ready to rock and roll. <laughs> well, good. Well, good. Cool. So we're going to go ahead and we're just going to hit the ground running right now. Um, I want to start off here with one of the most controversial topics of the offseason. Uh, do you think the Raiders were ever close to moving on from Derek Carr? Um, I really don't think they were close to moving on from him. I think they probably looked around the league to to make sure that there wasn't a better option. And I think that's, you know, that that's probably what uh, a lot of teams have done, unless you have that, like, surefire, absolute guaranteed franchise quarterback, which, you know, I think it's fair to say Derek Carr is close to that. Um, but, you know, certainly had his struggles early on. But Gruden came on late in the year. Um, you know, definitely had his moments, um, but it did seem like the team at the very least looked around, whether that would be exploring a potential trade market, um, working out Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins, just trying to see if there was a better option out there. And I think uh, what is, you know, obvious is that they did not come close to doing anything that would make anyone other than Derek Carr their quarterback for 2019. Now, if Kyler Murray had fell to them uh, at four, I think that would have been a very interesting decision. Uh, I don't know what they would have done. Uh, I really don't. But at the least, they would have had an interesting option. It never came to that. Um, so Derek Carr is their guy for this year. And I think everyone involved hopes it's something that can, you know, take them through the next 10 years. But, of course, like everything else in football, some of that's going to be determined on what happens on the field. Gotcha. Yeah, it makes 100% sense. And the guy probably behind all these uh, testing waters is new general manager Mike Mayock. And, Ian, I wanted to ask you, uh, what is the opinion around the league of the job that Mayock is doing? And also, how is his relationship going with John Gruden? Um, you know, Mayock definitely has a really high opinion of uh, from around the league. I mean, every, everybody just likes him. And I think as far as just player evaluation, you know, he is a guy who – just based on his conversations with a lot of GMs. I mean, he was a guy who is well, along with evaluating players, he talked to a lot of people. So I think everyone knows Mayock. Everybody really likes him. Everyone has respect for the kind of job he can do as a talent evaluator. So I think that part is good. Mm -hmm. um, he, he seems to be in a good place now, as far as being the guy who, you know, helps make sure that John Gruden is kind of on the right path. I mean, yeah. Gruden is, you know, definitely will be a little all over the place as far as what he wants, what he likes. I like this quarterback. Well, you know, are you sure this is really the best for the franchise? I like that kind of thing. Um, I think Mayock can kind of, you know, keep it keep it very buttoned up. Um, you know, the clearly the the Raiders were kind of, you know, searching for their own way of doing things during the pre-draft when they sent you know the scouts home and mm -hmm. you know kept it kept it really really secret. I think that kind of intrigues some people um, just as far as like what kind of building did he inherit? Um, but, you know, I think, you know, there was, there was definitely some draft picks that people are going to be really curious to see how they pan out. You know, was Cleveland Farrell a massive reach or was Mayock, you know, one of the few people who saw him as a top five, you know, was, does it make sense value wise to take a running back in the first round? Yeah. You know, I think that's one Jonathan Abram is he, a box safety? Is he a free safety? Is he a guy who could be a difference maker there? Um, you know, there's there's just a lot of, like any draft pick, there's a lot of questions, and it's impossible to know who kind of has the right answers until you see it play out. I do know this. This team got a lot better from 2018 to 2019, at the least, as far as just the kind of caliber of personnel they'll be able to put on the field. That's exactly what I like to hear, Ian. And uh, all this stuff, all, all these question marks that you're talking about, even comes outside of the draft for me. Some of the some of the guys that Mayock and Gruden have brought in, let alone just kind of the drama in the front office we've had already. And that's kind of tied the rumors to a lot of hard knocks. I know they want to wait and, and they don't want to be on hard knocks until next year as they transition to Vegas, but are they still in the running for this year? They seem to be, but the real answer is I actually don't know. Um, I, I sort of like, you know, Hard Knocks is done by NFL Films, which is a part of NFL Network. I kind of stay out of that until it's announced. Not like I could, you know, break it anyway. Yeah. Um, but I, it seems like they're in the mix. You know, I know people were talking about the Lions yesterday. I haven't gotten any indication that the Lions were going to be the team 
that are going to be at hard knocks. Like if, if they are, it's going to be news to everybody there. Uh, the Raiders would make sense. I think Gruden, who, you know, obviously has been a TV personality, would be right at home. I think Mayock would be fine, although probably would not be thrilled about some of the secrets getting out. But, you know, no general manager really is. Um, they got the big personalities and they got a, a, a brand that is probably as strong as any in the NFL. If the Raiders were the hard knocks team, it certainly would make a lot of sense. And I would be watching every episode. <laughs> Absolutely. I see that too from a team, uh, team standpoint. I wouldn't want it, but as a fan, I can't help myself. I'll be the first one to watch that stuff for sure. But adding on top of that, Richie Incognito would, of course, make Hard Knocks that much more uh, interesting. Uh, huge, probably now our biggest question mark uh, going into this season. Now that he's signed, are you hearing about like a possible suspension for Richie? Because I know that's kind of why we held off originally to sign him. But does he seem like he's in the clear now, or are we still on watch? No, I think he's definitely facing a possible suspension. I would probably say likely. I mean, he was, you know, he was basically found guilty of the infractions that he did this past off season surrounding a funeral. Um, I would expect him, you know, to get some sort of suspension, maybe one or two games. We'll see what it ends up being. But, you know, based on past precedent in the NFL, when you, you know, run afoul with the law, when you plead guilty or you end up being found guilty, you almost always serve some sort of suspension. And, you know, I think the main thing was how long it was going to be. If it's one or two games, I think that's something the team can withstand. It also, I hate to even say this, but it allows you to keep a guy in your 53-man roster you might not have kept otherwise, so it's not mm-hmm. a completely bad thing. Um, and, you know, I, I'm sure the Raiders, I know the Raiders got a lot of scrutiny and criticism when they signed Richie Incognito. Okay. Uh, not a lot of money. Yeah. There's no guarantee he makes the roster. They can cut him at any time. If he's good great if he's not just release him it's really to me not a not a high risk move signing Richie Incognito I agree with that 100% um now coming off some of these controversial topics uh we always talk about stability um in a lot of these organizations so do you feel like the Raiders are finally more stable now than they were a couple years ago uh I I don't think they'll be really fully stable until they get to Vegas you know whether that's this coming year, whether that's the following year, you know, obviously we'll see when the stadium is actually ready in Vegas, obviously in the, in the lease with the city of Oakland, there is a, a window there where there's just a team option for an extra year. So if the Vegas stadium isn't ready, they'll be, they'll be fine. But I don't think things will really, really be settled until they get to Vegas. Like there definitely is a sense like, Oh, when we get to Vegas, this, you know, like Mm -hmm. they'll have They'll have a lot more money to spend, for instance. They'll have a lot more cash available when they um, when they get to Vegas. A lot more, you know, as far as stadium goes, it'll be a lot more beneficial financially. So, you know, I'm not sure they're really actually going to be settled until they get there. Um, they can be fine. They can win games. They can be a thriving franchise. But there definitely is the feeling, oh, when we get to Vegas, then these things will happen. Gotcha. So looking at 2020, since you since you brought it up, um, talking about the collective bargaining agreement, they've had some early talks. And is there any real steam behind a possible 18 game regular season schedule? I've heard some conversations about it. I mean, you know, it's the kind of thing that's often discussed early on in the process. Um, it's often kind of floated out there. I think we, we saw this last CBA talks. You know, it sounds like some of the issues that will be discussed will be a possible 18-game season or possible expanded playoffs. Now, I don't, you know, know what that means, except that, you know, obviously it would be um, an extra, probably two at least, extra big-time TV playoff games that would, you know, help grow the pot and and make owners and players more money. Um, And that's obviously the goal here, to make everyone more money. Maybe you get in a situation where they'd eliminate the buy and – there'd be an extra playoff game or two extra playoff games each. Hmm. I think that would, I'd, I'd be fine with that. Um, but I think that will probably be among the things discussed. 18, 18 game season, maybe expanded playoffs, maybe more likely you know, anything for both sides to grow the pot without, uh, you know, without a, a lot of, or any collateral damage. Gotcha. And I have one last question for you, Ian. And to me, this is the most important. There's been a long rumor running through Raider nation that you're kind of a closet Raiders fan. Can you confirm or deny this? Is that really a rumor? 
That's a rumor. It's been it's been kind of floating around a little bit through us. I uh, I root for one team, okay. uh, and it's the New York Mets, ah. and uh, they are <laughs> terrible, and it's very sad. And I fear that I fear that Mickey Callaway is going to be fired in the next couple days, which definitely sucks. But um, if it's for the betterment of the franchise, then I'll be for it. Uh, no, I think you know with the I kind of stand with the Raiders, like I stand with a lot of the really really great sort of brands, fan bases, situations. Gotcha. You know, like there are some teams that when they are good, it's very good for the NFL and very fun to watch. Gotcha. I think the Raiders are one, the Bills, the Browns. I mean, those kind of teams, you know, where the fan base is so intense. I mean, I love, you know, I've, I don't go to many games anymore, but I've been to a couple of Raider games when I used to travel for Thursday night football. Love going to Raider games. Um, I also, you know, I don't know if that's really true or not, but, I also, you know, think very highly of Reggie McKenzie. And I think when he was getting criticized, uh, I was always very quick to say, let's, you know, let's take a firm look at what he actually inherited. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and understand kind of the job he did uh, before we, we criticized. You know, everybody was sort of quick to criticize. The reality is he led this thing back from the abyss. Probably still doesn't get the kind of credit that he deserves. But, you know, unfortunately, that's kind of that's the reality. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. So I'm going to go ahead and say that you uh, did not confirm, but you also did not deny the rumor. And uh, so are you going to say top 10 then, top five, top three? You got you to gotta give me something here, Ian, for Raider Nation here. I, I love all I love all teams equally. <laughs> um, the, only thing, the only thing I root for is, is really good games. And there we go. when it comes time for Super Bowl, to have a fun team there uh, and – I think it's probably pretty clear if the Raiders were in the Super Bowl. I think that would probably be fun for, for a lot of us. There we go. Ian, I appreciate you coming on here. Even though you're not uh, coming out of the closet as a Raiders fan, that's okay. Um, I appreciate the time you took, though. Uh, thanks for breaking some of these questions down that we've had, kind of swirling through the offseason. As you know, for the Raiders, it's been a little hectic for us last few years, so we finally sent some stability, <laughs> Just a little bit. And, and, I, and I'm glad you're able to clear some things up for us. So, Ian... You're a busy guy. I'm going to let you go, but thank you again. All right, man. Thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. See ya. So, boom. There it was. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview. For those of you that didn't really recognize that voice and don't follow him on Twitter, first off, slap yourself. And then make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Rap Sheet. Turn the television on. Crawl from underneath your rock. And check out Ian Rappaport. That is the guy to know. He's the one that got me on Twitter in the first place. Uh, as a matter of fact, that was the only reason I made a Twitter originally was just so I could turn on Rap Sheet's post notifications and I could stay up to date on the latest football news. Good stuff. Super cool to be able to talk to him on this podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. But we're going to go ahead and we're going to keep transitioning on. We like to keep this thing rolling. So I'm going to go ahead and we're going to jump into this brand new segment that we have going on with RaidersBeat.com. Each week, I'm going to pick an article that I really love. And I'm going to break it down for you guys on here. And if you really like it, make sure you visit their website. I'm not just picking this out because I have to because we're the official podcast of their website. I'm picking it out because I love their content. And I find myself almost weekly absolutely loving something that they're writing about. Uh, so the first one we're going to break down is actually going to be kind of the offensive spending per position. And it's going to kind of compare to where they rank around the league by offensive position. So, interested to get into it, let's go ahead and jump into this brand new segment. Signing Derek Carr to a five-year, $125 million deal in 2017, the Raiders have shown a real commitment to spending money on their offense. As of the first week of June, a little more than $110 million of the Raiders' 2019 salary cap figure has been dedicated to offensive players and just under $59 million has been allocated to the defense. As for the positional breakdown, it is interesting to see where John Gruden and company have placed the most emphasis over the past 16 months. 
Let's take a look at where the Raiders rank next to the other 31 teams in terms of positional spending. Looking at the entire offense, that $110 million mark ranks fifth among 32 teams. Carr, Antonio Brown, Trent Brown, Tyrell Williams, and Rodney Hudson account for about $73 million total of the Raiders' $110 million spent on offense. No complaints, as of now, when it comes to paying big money for those five players. And looking at our quarterbacks, a total of $25 million spent total. That ranks 13th out of 32. So you remember when everyone was freaking out about the Raiders breaking the bank for Carr? As of the first week of June, the Raiders are paying their quarterback room less than what 12 teams are paying theirs. Among the teams currently spending more on quarterbacks than the Raiders right now are the Redskins, Vikings, Lions, Giants, and Panthers. Now moving over to running backs, we have a total of $6.39 million spent. That ranks 21st to 32nd among teams. Gruden has invested heavily in young running backs. Some of that was by design, but losing Isaiah Crowell for the season was not part of the plan. It was interesting that Gruden immediately jumped on Doug Martin after the Corolla injury and not Marshawn Lynch, who is reportedly willing to return to the Raiders if the team is interested. It shouldn't take a Robert Mueller investigation to figure out that the Raiders have moved on from beast mode. Then looking at fullbacks, almost $2 million spent. That ranks third out of 32. Most teams don't utilize a fullback, so this shouldn't come as a surprise. Now let's see if the Raiders can utilize a fullback correctly. Now the wide receiver group. We have 32.19 million spent total. That ranks fourth out of 32 teams. The Raiders went from having the weakest wide receiver room in the NFL to having one of the best. Brown and Williams account for more than 25 million of the 32 million that the Raiders are right now spending on wide receivers. In former Raiders news, rumor is Amari Cooper is wanting the Cowboys to give him a deal comparable to what Odell Beckham Jr. and Antonio Brown signed a few months ago. Have fun with that, Dallas. And moving in on tight ends, a total of 4.91 million spent total. Losing Jared Cook took a huge chunk out of the Raiders payroll at tight end, but it was absolutely by design. The Raiders never offered him a new contract. The Raiders are obviously high on a few guys in the tight end room because releasing Lee Smith was a bit of a surprise. Now looking at the offensive line as a whole, 43.16 million total. That ranks seventh out of 32 teams. Gruden has been determined to build his offensive line, even at the expense of some questionable drafting a year ago. If Trent Brown and Colt Miller can be above average, the Raiders offensive line will be among the best in the league. And it's going to need to be because the AFC West is filled to the brim with elite pass rushers. Now narrowing that down to just the offensive tackles, we have a total of 21.94 million spent total. That ranks 9th out of 32 teams. Trent Brown makes up for more than 15 million of the Raiders' 21.94 million spent on offensive tackles. Rumor has it no one came particularly close to matching the Raiders' offer for Brown. But arguably no team in the league needed stability at offensive tackle more than the Raiders. So the decision to go all in on Brown made sense. And that leaves us with the guards. 11.19 million. That ranks 20th out of 32 teams. Dumping Coleccio Simile dropped this number significantly, and the Raiders believe they are getting an upgrade in Richie Incognito. The question now, how many games will Incognito have to sit out with a suspension that most believe is presently in the works? More than likely only a game or two. Gabe Jackson is a $7 million hit, but he could still be one of the top guards in the league if he can put it together and stay healthy. And that leaves us with the center. $10.1 million total. That ranks sixth out of 32 teams. There might not be a better center in football than Rodney Hudson, so just give him all the money. So that wraps up our first article breakdown from RaidersBeat.com. Like I said, if you like what you're hearing, you like the information coming through, make sure you check out their website. There's a link on my website at RaiderCody.com. So make sure you visit theirs, RaidersBeat.com. But let's get this ball rolling still. I've been rambling. I've been talking fast. My nose is starting to plug up again from this cold kind of catching back up with me. But I got to keep things rolling here. We're going to bring Scott Winter on after this short break. Talk with him a little bit about a few of the the events and some of my announcements from earlier in the show. See what's going on at OTAs 
and maybe we'll finally start to talk about Richie Incognito a little bit. And we'll be right back with Scott Winter. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. So joining me now is a familiar voice, NFL and Raiders credentialed media member, Scott Winter. Scott, what's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? Glad to be back on the show. It's uh, good to hear from you again. Yeah, it's been a couple months. Uh, You've been pretty busy with your own podcast. Uh, How's that going? Uh, It's fantastic. Got a great partner, Nick Hamilton. Uh, We're on the uh, Silver and Black uh, uh, Pride uh, podcast network, which, uh, you know, is really building and picking up steam. Uh, I think since we've started doing this, uh, we've increased listenership, something like 800% with the various shows. Yeah. And, and we're the second, um, highest rated show in the Raiders silver and black pride, uh, podcast, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say, you know what, uh, from your first show to your last show, the the quality, the flow, everything is just absolutely fantastic. So anyone that's listened to the first one and was like, oh, they still got a lot, to th- lot of things to figure out. Well, they figured them out. So make sure you tune back in and, and check out uh, Scott's podcast. So, Scott, what we're going to do now is I got a couple things I want to break down. We had a few announcements that happened last week. Uh, kind of missed them. I went out of town. I took a little vacation, so I want to catch up. But first, looking at camp, things are starting to kind of unfold a little bit. We got our 90-man roster. They're making a few tweaks here and there. We got some cuts. We got some signings. But I want to know, is there any camp battles that you're looking at, or is there any competitions, any surprises? What What are you looking for these last these last couple weeks? Well, my biggest surprise, not not that, you know, a first-rounder shouldn't be starting, that kind of thing, but, but – uh, uh, Abrams has pretty much said that, you know, uh, uh, I mean, Abrams is going to be the starter, excuse me, according to Gunther. I was like, wow, really going Mm -hmm. forward, huh? Now understand, I think the kid has all the talent in the world. He's very aggressive. I mean, he's hyper aggressive. He's over aggressive, Mm -hmm. which he's going to need to dial that back with a little bit of discipline. Um, but as my partner said, uh, on our last podcast, it's better to have that than to not have it at all, you know, or not enough. You know, it's hard to dial it up as opposed to dial it back. Um, he, he gets uh, he's a he is a true uh, box safety. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the fact that uh, Gunther has basically anointed him before they've even put on the pads is saying something. Now, the kid's got a great football IQ and he's, he's he knows the position well. So um, that obviously, you know, him picking up and grasping the defense has made a big deal, uh, is obviously a big deal. And, and Gunther has rewarded him with that. Uh, another battle I'd like to see, and you guys brought this up is Worley or Mullen. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that's going to be really interesting. Um, because I know the, the Raiders like Worley, uh, but obviously they like Mullen too. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that breaks down. Um, I want to see the running back situation, What what's going to happen there. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We all, you know, we know that we know that um, Jacobs is going to get now the lion's share since, um, you know, with Crowell going down. But they brought back Doug Martin, and Doug Martin had quiet 800 yards last year. I mean, oh, yeah. that's, I mean, you know. Uh, and then is, is Warren going to step up? Is that is that going to be something? Is he going to get in there? What's going to happen in Washington? Because we know – um, Richard is going to be, he's going to get his touches. Oh yeah. Um, he's, he's really kind of carved out a niche and, and the Raiders really liked him. And then with Cujo and Eric Harris, is there going to be a fight there and seeing Ooh. what goes back over there? Um, tight end, you know, they basically anointed, um, uh, Warren, but I mean, not Warren, um, uh, Weller, but you know, they brought in swoop. They've got Wilson. Uh, you know, they I got like our rookie. Kit. Yeah, no, no. I mean, you know, and they got a rookie. Yeah. Um, and then of course you also have, uh, you know, the other kid that was a walk on last year, uh, who I really, really oh, like Paul and Butler, yep. Paul Butler. He's yeah. a good story, mm-hmm. but how, I mean, you know, they're only going to be able to keep 25 on offense, 25 on defense. And you got your three special teamers, your yeah. kicker, your punter, your long snapper. So yeah, that's, that's really, you know, 
And then I'm really interested to see what happens at wide receiver, you know, uh, linebacker. I mean, you can really. And then is Max Crosby going to be out Arden Key for that? Ooh. And and is 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 uh, uh, who's going to be the starting opposite Farrell? Um, That's a good. Uh, you, know. you know what? What's weird yeah. too is did you notice the. Uh... The Cleland clip so far uh, through some of these practices, Cleland's actually kind of moved over, and he's playing a lot of weak side defensive end. I think it's second team, but it's still a little surprising on my end because I thought he'd kind of come in as the, as the clear-cut strong side defense. Is, is maybe Benson Mayoa going to be coming in and uh, surprising somebody as, as a starter this year? Well, Benson Mayoa has, has, over the years, and we've known him as, as you know, when he was with the Raiders, uh, since he's left the Raiders, we went to you know went to Dallas, went to the Cardinals. He has gotten much much better against the run, and you know if he can hold lock it down on the run, which is what they're hoping, he can basically uh, you know bookend his side. Then and he can also rush the pass. You get if you can get a four or five sacks from a guy like that as primarily a run stopper. Yeah, yeah. That allows you to bring in your guys, your, your Crosby and your Key. On, on obvious passing situation, then they can pull Mayo back. But Mayo can move around. And mm-hmm. I think with Farrell, I think Farrell can move around. Now, yeah. Farrell is is a lot of times, uh, you know, he, he spent three years on the weak side f- for the most part um, with um, with uh, Clemson. Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. You know, um, he's used to being on that side, which is basically the, you know, going up against the left tackle. Um but, you know, it, it's really going to be interesting to see the fact that he can move on both sides. And remember, Khalil Mack moves to both sides, you know, back in the day. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they didn't really keep him all in one place. And um, it'll be interesting to see if they're just getting him, you know, having him switch it back and forth every once in a while or if he's really going to just be on that uh, on that weak side. So. Yeah, I think uh, if he can stand out as a clear-cut uh, best pass rusher on the team, then I think absolutely uh, what you're saying, it, it it can come to fruition so quick. Because all, all it takes is you find a team with a, with a weaker tackle, and boom, guess what? He's moving over there, and he's going to try and get after the quarterback. So I like that. And also, I like your point that you're hitting on uh, with Jonathan Abram. That was a little surprising to me, because you'd think you'd even still give that rookie that little bit of treatment, like, hey, okay, you're still going to work with a second team. We're going to have Eric Harris, who's played a lot under this system, mm-hmm. and we're going to have Carl Joseph, who's finding his way. You'd think that those two guys would be the first-team defense right now. Right. So that's very surprising. That's kind of cool that they have all that confidence in Abram. I mean, not that. I don't think he needed it anyways. I think he's already rolling in here hot anyways, but uh, I love the kid, and it's interesting to see. I like how you brought up that Eric Harris thing and Carl Joseph because it doesn't seem uh, them not picking up Carl Joseph's fifth-year option. It doesn't seem like they're, like, super sold on Carl Joseph, so it's, it's, I don't know, I wouldn't be surprised if they start rotating someone in or maybe Joyner does start to maybe get a little versatile and start jumping back there a little bit. I don't know, man. Safety's safety's interesting for me. Yeah, and – I, I expect to see um, um, something like um, I, I expect to see some situation where you got a big nickel with that. And that basically means Joyner's going to be playing slot, but you're going to have two safeties in Joyner. So you've mm-hmm. got that. Um, and, and to me, that's a big nickel. You have basically three safeties uh, and they're doing their thing. Uh, it, it's lighter, faster uh, because you don't have those big power backs anymore. Everything mm-hmm. is becoming so specialized and, you take a look at what San Diego did against uh, the Ravens. Um, I mean, they basically locked down a mobile quarterback because they brought in a big nickel situation and lightened everybody up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Patrick Mahomes, you've got that issue. You don't want him moving around. You know, you want to lock him up and, and, and make him beat you with his arm and not his feet. So, you know, I could see situations where they're going to have uh, uh, more big nickel, you know, where you have two gotcha. safeties out there. Yeah. And that could work well for us. But also, uh, we had one other position shake up uh, this last, what was it? This one's been two weeks now. Uh, we brought in Richie Incognito, the soon-to-be 36-year-old guard. He's played for the Rams. He's played for the Bills, the Dolphins. He even made his second stint with the Bills before signing with us. Um, he's taken a total of two seasons off now from football since 2005. Once in 2014 after the team suspended him for, you know, the bullying scandal. Mm-hmm. And then once again uh, last year after the Bills didn't want to pay him, 
uh, after having like three straight Pro Bowl seasons. He came back, you know, after after he was suspended in 2014, came back. He had three straight Pro Bowl seasons. I uh, thought he was worth a little bit more. They didn't give it to him. He threatened retirement. Still was going to come back. Never showed up. Took last year off. But he's back. He's in the silver and black. He's had a little bit of a rocky road getting here, but he's here. What do you think of the signing of Richie Incognito? That's an interesting one. On the one hand, you have he he's not been um, uh, 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 a foundation of stability, sure. right? Uh, mentally, um, his teammates don't really talk bad about him. Former teammates, so that's that that's a good thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know. He's had he's had racist comments. He's had threatening people comments. He's had, mm-hmm. uh, or I mean, like oh, like you know, seriously threatening people. Not like you know, uh, yeah. But at the same time, you know, he's he's gonna be. I mean, unless something crazy happens, <laughs> <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be the starting left guard. You know, so they're yeah. not gonna move. If we 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 thought would they move you know Jackson back over? But they're not going to. They, he's settled there, and they they don't want to mess him up. So he's fantastic. I mean, he will blow people up up in the run. He costs you know nine million dollars less than KO over there, mm-hmm. and he he gives you a KO type performance on the field. To me, cool. it's it is it is a huge risk reward thing. Okay. If he doesn't have an issue and he plays and plays up to Pro Bowl level. And doesn't have any kind of you know mental fall off, then Mike Mayock and John Green will look like geniuses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If he has a, an episode, it could be a small embarrassment, yeah. a big embarrassment, or you know I think in the back of a lot of Raiders fans who you know watched the Super Bowl, the last Super Bowl the Raiders were in, you know, uh, is he going to end up in Tijuana missing, you know, <laughs> on game day, you know, completely out of his head. Yeah. Barrett yeah. Robbins. You know, people think that. Or are we getting or are the Raiders getting uh, you know, uh uh you know that 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 middle linebacker uh that was on that same team, you know, who was who fit in people's face, said some racist things. <laughs> it was a little bit crazy. Still a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's okay to be to have crazy on your team a little bit. I think it's okay because, you know, he comes up to the line, he starts muttering and stuff like that, and, you know, people are gonna be like, Oh my god. He's crazy. I don't know. I don't know if I want to block. You know, I just get out of his way. But you know, we don't want we don't want Barrett Robbins crazy, and we certainly don't want him hurting somebody, uh, a fan, uh, somebody you know at a store. Um, (laughs) You don't want him threatening people. So yeah, it's uh, a if you if you if you trust Mike Mayock and John Gruden, great. Uh, Then you trust the pick. Uh, if he plays well, great. But also, you know, John Gruden picked that strength and conditioning coach last year, and well, that didn't go so over so well. And people still wonder about, you know, Tom Cable. Uh-huh. And there's another firecracker. When are they going to get into it? I don't know. It's a. It right now, it's just a. To me, it's a big question mark. No, I I agree with you on that, Scott. Um, the the high risk factor, I think, mainly just comes in, like you said, through the media and through the locker room. Uh, make sure he doesn't do any damage to the, you know, the young core that obviously we're trying to establish and everybody's, you know, trying to pull this. Well, this is the opposite of what the Raiders went in to do with the draft. They want to draft high character players. Then they bring in the nutcase. Well, it doesn't mean we're going to have 53 angels on our team. You know what I mean? We're not looking for 53 captains. Uh, in some sense, you bring in this young foundation, you build this core, you, you build in good youth. I mean, guys that are under, you know, we have three guys under, uh, five-year rookie contracts you want to make sure they're gonna be good guys yeah at least right so to bring in a semi uh, guy that's been a nutcase you know last couple of years you bring him on a, on, a, on a cheap contract one year things go south you cut them there's nothing left behind you're done so in that sense low risk hopefully ends up high reward no matter what uh, to me off the field don't ask me about off the field issues with Richie because um, just because I'm a Raider fan doesn't mean I'm going to go easy on him. Um, he still has to, to prove to me that he's going to, you know, flip things around. Um, but on the field, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. And the problem is, it's not going to be probably week one. We got to, I just talked to Ian Rappaport here, and he's actually uh, most likely going to be facing probably a one or two game suspension at least. Um, I mean, I, I'd at least expect 
two games. I think I, if, if I was a betting man, I'd, I'd say two games. Um, so, of course, there's still an answer what we're going to do there. Most likely a Denzel Good. Uh, maybe yeah. somehow Brandon Parker slides in there and uh, they see that he's a pretty good guard. Maybe they use him, but I doubt it. I doubt uh, it. They like him as swing tackle, you know. Sam, me too. Uh, you know, I mean, Parker, you know, he got thrown to the wolves last year. I mean, he'd never even yeah. played right tackle like ever. Like yeah. never, never, not in high school, not in college. But uh, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And I know the Raiders did contact the league before they signed him. And whatever they heard from the league, they were happy with because obviously they signed him. So, you know, um, it, the thing is, is you, you're right. This it, it, You're signing players, you know, they sign players like perfect. They have Tom Cable as, as a head, as mm-hmm. a line coach who has had his issues uh, off the field. You know, of course, you know, we, we, Raider fans remember. But the thing is, that, and ultimately, they drafted core players and they drafted them for their leadership and they drafted for their passion for football. Mm-hmm. Are they passionate for football? I mean, high character guys, but their character, not, you know, unlike what Reggie did. And, uh, you know, I'll defend Reggie for uh, um, deeper than a lot of many fans. But mm-hmm. the difference between Reggie's picks, which were high character, high leadership guys versus Mayock's guys, Gruden's guys, they also love football. They will talk football. They'll pull mm-hmm. you aside and talk football. They'll talk football for four hours. And they're still like, ooh, they're like us. They'll talk yeah, football. Yeah. Hey, you want to talk football? Yeah, let's talk football. <laughs> and they they believe in it and they love it and they're passionate about it. So uh, Richie Incognito is obviously one of those guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he he yeah. is a uh, he's one of those guys. So loves football. loves football. So is that enough? Is that enough to to is it enough to keep him on the straight and narrow? Are they was it just fluff that the Raiders said saying that they would make sure they had all of the uh, all of the support they needed or you know, how do you support him when he's out in town and nobody's with him? You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. So, I mean, he has to be, he's, he's a grown man. He's 36 years old. He's got to be accountable for himself. And he has to understand that his actions represent and reflect that of the shield of the Raider shield and the media look, whether it's Derek Carr, whether it's, you know, Antonio Brown, Bontes perfect, Richie incognito, John Gruden, Mike Mayock, the team as a whole, the media is going to harp on anything and everything until the Raiders start winning. Yep. I mean, that's really what it is. It's They like kicking a dog that's down. And this team has to show, and this coach and this general manager have to show that they can win. Because that's really, at this point, you know, you can talk about, oh, they were great picks. You know, oh, Derek Carr can throw, you know, throw every pass. He, he can make all these throws. No, you got to win. Got to win. Yeah, you got to win. Just win, baby. Absolutely, Scott. This was a great chat. It went a little bit longer than I expected. I, you know, I was I talked to you. I was like, you know, I will chat for ten minutes. But uh, <laughs> after I knew it, man, uh, this this uh, twenty minutes flew by. I was like, son of a gun. But uh, that's that's how it is. Both of us love talking football. Um, I really appreciate it. I love having you on here every single time. It always surpasses my expectations, man. We always have a good conversation. Good things always come out of it. And I look forward to uh, hearing you a little bit more on here in the future, man. Anytime. And I, I, I love I love the show. Uh, I, I think what you guys are doing, great. I can't wait to, you know, get in the ring with uh, Kenny. One of coming days. up. Yeah. I'm on, I'm going to take him down. <laughs> He's going down. Hey, we'll set that he, up, maybe. Uh, I'm just saying, you know. I mean, his last name might be King, but. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I like Kenny. I I really do. I can't wait to to, to have a conversation with him. You're great. I love your show. I love what you've been doing with it. Thank you. Um, I love, I mean, you know, you you had Crosby on. You've had, I mean, you talked to Ian Rappaport. Look at you, man. Um, I remember my first conversation with Ian. It was awesome. So, I mean, you're you're making ripples and people are listening. Um, The Raiders, you know, Obviously, the, you're getting these guests. Raiders uh, enjoy what you're doing. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, you know, uh, I'm just saying, you're you're like you're like Raider chapter approved. So that's <laughs> awesome. I'm glad you're into that into that. And um, I think you know what you've done with Raiders beat. You know, b- bundling this all together and branding, fantastic. Um, and and you know, you represent Raiders beat very well, and you represent yourself and your show. And it's just, 
you go above and beyond. So I, I love being a awesome. part of this. Anytime you want me on, I'm, I'm here. You always got the right words to put a smile on my face, Scott. I appreciate that. And like I said, we we're going we're gonna to hear you a little bit more often than we are, we've already heard you. This is what your third appearance. And uh, we're going to kind of make this a little bit more routine. But I appreciated you coming on and taking the time. Uh, appreciate, thanks, for the, thanks for the kind words, too. I always like that. I always end the conversation well. And uh, besides that, hope the listeners enjoyed it. Scott, probably see you in a few weeks, man. All right. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. And remember... Uh, Silver and Black Turf. You can also listen there. And then every once in a while, I'm going to have an article out on Raiders Beat. I'm working on something. Hopefully, I'll get it out soon. Yeah. The Winter Report. That's right. Bring it back. Let's go. Cool. See you, Scott. Take it easy, Cody. So there we go. It was cool having Scott Winter back on the show. And for those of you that still do not follow Scott, make sure you find him on Twitter, at Scott underscore Winter NFL. Great follow, doesn't clutter your feed with unwanted stuff, has great opinion on there, make sure you check him out. But we still have an agenda to get to. And oh, we got some we got some stuff to talk about this week. A lot happened. I took a week off, a lot happened, and I know I know the king's been in my ear. He's been he's he, we've been texting back and forth a little bit and he's been fired up, ready to get back on the mic. So you know what? Let's go ahead and get the king back on the phone. What's up, Doc? Oh shoot, dude. I'm still not used to you coming on without the music, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's going to take a little while to get used to, but, uh, you know, this is how we roll now. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. But you know what, dude? Um, I got a problem. And you know what? I know it's not real talk, but I want to I wanna chop this up a little bit. You cool with that? Absolutely. So this guy, right? Um, I forget his name. Uh, Steven, Steven something. Uh, Steve... Ruiz, yeah, Ruiz, I think, yeah, Steven Ruiz, right? He's got a check mark for whatever reason. I don't know (laughs) what that is. He's a verified idiot, I guess, is what Twitter is trying to get across, right? Um, he puts out this tweet. Originally, uh, Benjamin Albright, he tweets every quarterback contract you complain about being too much is a steal. Two seasons later, right? So he quote tweets this thing, and he says, except for the many that aren't. Carr and Stafford to name a few recent examples. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that Raiders beat puts it out there. He had a comment later down the road. Yeah, one of his buddies, Ben uh, Baldwin. Ben Baldwin, I think, is the name. Oh, I've God. seen it around a little bit. I've seen his content. It's just, you know, Crap. nothing but, you know, negative news, right? Right. Uh, puts out something about QBR. Uh, something they paid Carr this something rather based off of his crappy QB. I don't know. I I see anything QBR, Kenny, and I immediately just ignore it, right? Same. I mean, Same, I mean it's, I, it's, it's a manufactured stat that ESPN put out to get views and clicks and uh it's one it's one of the many things that they use to sh- to separate the great quarterback from the not great quarterbacks and it, it never has really come out to be anything that has had any significant value. And here's the thing, man. Uh, QBR has been around for the last few years, really trying to, you know, put some heat on Derek. Right. So I dug in a little bit on QBR in the past. I dug into it a little bit more this past week, whenever I'm seeing it getting brought back up again. Uh, what you notice from last year, if you look at last year's rankings, I've never, I, like I said, I never look at QBR. You look at last year's QBR rankings in 2018, Trubisky was ranked third, right? Is he a top five quarterback? Hell no. I don't think he's top 10, right? Jameis Winston. He was eighth, eighth. Is he a top 10 quarterback? I don't even think he's top 20, right? Aaron Rodgers, 16th. Yeah, he had a bad season, but... Hmm, Aaron Rodgers is a top five quarterback. But would anyone call him, you know, average off the off his QBR? No, they're going to ignore no, that, right? Not. And then we got Baker Mayfield. Had a stellar <laughs> rookie year. Stellar rookie year, I would say. Mm-hmm. Ranked 23rd in QBR. Mm. But everybody's hyping Baker up to be the next <sighs> Brett Favre, so... But they won't bring up his QBR, right? Right, exactly. Now, here's the thing. Here, here, I got, I got one thing for you that's going to just debunk any QBR talk. Do you know the best all-time QBR game in history? 2010, Charlie Batch. Char- <laughs> Charlie Batch, the quarterback, right? Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, Charlie Batch. Everybody knows Charlie Batch. Charlie right? Batch, the journeyman that jumped from Pittsburgh to Detroit to Pittsburgh to Detroit. Char- that Charlie Batch. Everybody knows him. <laughs> almost every single, yeah, exactly. Almost every single NFL team knows him. He threw a whopping 12 of 17 completed passes for a whopping 186 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. That mm. is the best QBR game of all time. It drew in a rating of like 99.9, I believe is what it was. Jesus. The highest of all time, 0.1 higher 
than what ESPN has listed on their site at this point because ESPN later deleted it knowing how stupid it looked. If you looked up the highest QBR games of all time, Charlie Batch would not be up there. But if you go back to Charlie Batch's game in 2010, I believe it might have been versus Miami. I can't remember who the opponent was, but if you looked up his QBR rating for that game, it'd be the highest one, and ESPN will not show their flaw in their system. So that's what I have to say to QBR right there. Yeah, it's it's a total <sighs> sham. You know, it's a, it's an absolute total sham. I'm. What did, did you did you uh, get Tom Brady's QBR by any chance? I did not get Tom Brady's QBR. Actually. I'm curious to see what that was because obviously Tom Brady is everybody's uh, outside of Raider Nation's goat, and uh, I, I know that his QBR isn't the best. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Honestly, here's the thing is I feel like ESPN pushes their own agenda with this, though. Of course. Of course they you know? do. So does so I mean every every channel does. And the only I mean, the only people that are really putting out quality quality NFL news is the NFL network. Exactly. Exactly. So then of course, you know, Steven decides to dig into cars 2016 season. No. It's 2016 season, Kenny. How do you go into your 2016 season on Derek Carr? Like, come uh, on, bro. It's the one you don't touch, right? If you're going right. to talk crap about Derek Carr, you don't talk crap about a 2016 season. Right. You could talk about 2017. You could talk about 2014. You could talk about 2018. Mm-hmm. But come on, 2016, let's not pick that one apart because it really, there's nothing to pick apart. Derek Carr was the whole team that year. And Derek Carr and Khalil Mack, of course. But Derek Carr was the focal point of that team. He was third in MVP votes. But, but yeah, what did he have to say about this? Well, <laughs> that's the thing. He didn't really have to say much. Coming off his QBR uh, comment from his buddy Ben, he says that Carr's 2016 season was one where the nerds and the film Twitter could have come together for the greater good. Stat people knew his numbers were empty, and film people knew he wasn't that good. The general public saw his touchdown-to-interception ratio and ran with it. Hmm. Mm, well, you know what? Here's the thing. The general public, or should I say this part of the general public, the Raider Nation, I think they saw the nine quarters that season that Derek Carr didn't play. Nine mm-hmm. total quarters. I missed two games. He missed the one, uh, I believe, with his, who was it? Was it a pinky? He hurt his pinky in his throwing mm-hmm. hand. It was his pinky. Uh, was, that, was that against Pittsburgh? Who was that against? No, it wasn't Pittsburgh. No, it was KC, I think. KC. No, Carolina. Carolina. That's right. It was against that's Carolina. Right. And... So he missed those two games. He missed that one quarter while his pinky was hurt, well, which he returned, right? And right. he ended up winning the game. Uh, the Raiders in those nine quarters, or should I say four minutes over nine quarters, just a little, just a hair over, the Raiders were outscored 74 to 20 Shit. in those nine quarters. 74 to 20. We put up 20 points in over two games. 20 points, Kenny. Now here. Look, I know you're sitting here fuming, and I told you, I told you, Kenny, what this was going to come down to. So, you know what, bro? I know I know you like talking <sighs> about the music, but I'm not sure you're just quite the same Kenny King right now without this music. So, you know no, what, man. brother? We're going to get into this sucker, and we're going to get this thing rolling. And we got some new beats. Woo! We got some new backgrounds. This one's very fitting. If anyone knows this, <laughs> hit Steven with the facts. All right, Stevie, welcome to Real Talk. Now, it's my understanding that you love to use pro football focus and QBR stat to quantify a quarterback's abilities and that your favorite target of ridicule is Derek Carr. And that'd be cool if we were talking about somebody with the ability of Jamarcus Russell or touchdown-to-interception ratio of, I don't know, Matt Schaub, but you continuously try to belittle the efforts at times. The only player on the field was given a damn. But, Stevie, let's get into this. In 2014, Derek Carr earned the starting job in the final preseason game of the year, where he went 11 for 11 to 13 for 143 yards and four touchdowns. During that season, Derek fought through a high ankle sprain, an MCL sprain, an 0-10 start, losing a head coach, all during a rookie season, while finishing his rookie year with 3,270 yards, 21 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. 
And not to mention he was the first rated quarterback to start all 16 games since Rich Gannon in 2002. Since then, Derek Carr went on to throw 53 touchdown passes in his first two years, second only to Hall of Famer Dan Marino. Carr then went on to lead the Raiders to a 12-4 season in 2016, was third in MVP votes, and was voted 11th best player in the entire league in the NFL Top 100 by his peers. After matriculating success in 2016, Carr was forced to learn another offensive system from a Pop Warner powder puff football coach who was fired at the end of the season and replaced by a complex-minded quarterback guru who led Carr to one of his most complete seasons, including a 10-game run without an interception, taking 51 sacks. And now Derek Carr sits number two all-time as a Raiders passing leader behind the late, great Hall of Famer Kenny the Snake Stabler with 18,739 passing yards. And it's only 340 yards away from surpassing him. Guess what? We're getting that week one against the Broncos. But yeah, you're totally right. Derek Carr sucks. He can't throw deep. Team doesn't rally around him. He's overpaid. He isn't well-liked. Dude, Stevie, I don't know if you understand talent or you just love to get the clicks. Because your takes right now make you look like a Dollars General Mike Florio. Ho, ho, ho. You know what, Kenny? Gosh dang it. You know what is wrong with your statement right now? Is that, oh, Stevie boy wasn't here to hear it. And you know why he wasn't here to hear it, man? We had this set up. He was supposed to come in here and chop this up with us, right? We had this set up 9 o'clock tonight. 9 o'clock Saturday night, we had it set up for a couple days. Hour before the call, he backed out. He didn't want this heat. And you know what? After listening to that, I don't blame him. I think he, He I think... You know what it was? I think he could smell what the king was cooking. Oh, he smelled it. I saw him getting into it with Darren a little, a little bit earlier yesterday, and uh, he obviously he couldn't take that heat and started trying to bash Darren. And uh, after I saw that, I got a little more fired up, and I, I I had a little something for him. So you know, Stevie, I'm I'm sorry that you didn't get on. I'm I'm glad for your health that you did because uh, I went a little bit easier than I would have. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we were, uh, i tell you what, man, uh, I was a little too prepared for this night. But, like you said, that was Doll- Dollar General's Mike Florio. So, you know what? Let's talk about the, the name brand product here. Yeah, shout out, well, first shout out Matt Fellin for that, uh, for that analogy. <laughs> yeah. I, gotta, I gotta give credit where credit's due. But, uh. Matt Fellin, yeah. Oh, man, but I'll tell you what, dude. Mike Florio comes in, what was it, last oh, week? God. The la- yeah, we missed it. It was last week. It was last week. And for whatever reason... Out of nowhere, has nothing better to do, because I guess you know there's no no, no obviously there's no uh, good articles getting pushed through Pro Football Talk. Nothing. He decides to get on Twitter and realize has to search Derek. He's obviously looking for Derek, right? He's out there looking for problems. <laughs> he's looking for Derek. Sees that he's blocked and decides to call him out that he's blocked. Like, like one dog, you're blocked. Derek's not going to see it. <laughs> <laughs> he tagged Two. him and everything. Yeah, two, Derek don't care about you, dog. Three, you're just asking for Raider Nation to jump down your throat. We already don't like you, Florio. And and now you're just asking for more more smoke. Now, the I saw a video of uh, Florio doing some charity thing where he was getting eggs cracked on his head. I'll gladly crack an egg on Florio on Florio's head. I'll gladly I'll gladly crack an egg in his face. <laughs> Shit, I'll gladly crack crack him in his face. <laughs> You know, Mike Florio, Mike Florio talks a big game. You know, oh, Derek Carr blocked me. Well, guess what, bro? You're a dick. I mean, of course you got blocked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You weren't going to get blocked? All you do is bash the guy. Yep. You know, I mean, come on. Big Ben blocked me. I bashed the guy. I, I deserved it. Yep. Big Ben's also a punk and a pussy and probably would go to probably would go to a prom with Juju if Juju wasn't taking nudes. But, you know, it's, it's whatever. <laughs> you know what, though? Here's the thing is a shout out to actually Derek Carr for blocking him. Yeah. And shout out to the 200 plus uh, members of Raider Nation yes. that went ahead and joined in on my block party. Yeah. Went ahead and blocked him too. Hey, who won the shirt by the way? Uh, Oli Raider. I don't know if you guys follow him on Twitter at Raiders 8113. Man, yeah. that's my guy. I love that dude. Yeah, Oli Raiders. That's, that's the guy, man. Yeah, so he's getting himself a sweet Derek Carr shirt. So if you guys don't follow us on Twitter, make sure you follow me at Raider Cody underscore. Make sure you follow Kenny. Kenny, where can we find you on Twitter? At new kung fu kenny yeah. that's kung fu like the panda <laughs> kenny like kenny 
King, uh, a.k.a. I live off my dad's fame. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff, Kitty. Good stuff, man. You know what? (sighs) This week could have been so much better on Real Talk if we had just had somebody Uh, here to pick on. But you know what? It's all right. I don't, like I said, I don't blame him. And at some point, I was kind of hoping to set an example with this guy. But it's all right, man. We still, you know, he'll get his. He'll get his. He'll figure it out. And, And the thing is, when it comes to him, uh, you know, when it comes to the name brand Mike Florio and the Dollar General Mike Florio, what it comes down to, man, is, is learning that just because you think it's your job doesn't mean that it's your job to pick on these athletes. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. For the most part, whenever I look at these guys, just because you can't do what they do on the field doesn't mean that you can write about it and you have some sort of uh, inferior inferiorness to them. You don't, man. It, it's you're just a writer still you know what i mean yeah choose good things to write about how hard is that as a writer to say you know what i mean i get it you got you got to hit on everything but don't take your personal issues with a player and try and translate it into their production on the field absolutely and you just end up looking like a hater and you know what absolutely you don't tolerate haters kenny i don't tolerate haters i don't tolerate haters i i hate i hate haters i hate salty people i you know i'm like I'm like the hater, the hater exterminator over here. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm coming through. I'm coming through. I'm like a giant ass snail that just can't be stopped with 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 salt. <laughs> These haters, man. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they need now laters or they need a hug. But oh, seriously, like now here's here's the sad thing though. Like okay, you got dollar, you got dollar general Mike Florio, and you have name brand Mike Florio. Problem is, name brand Mike Florio is yeah. still Walmart. That's equate. You know, I mean. We're 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 dealing with the big leagues. We're like, this is the last time I want Florio's name to have to come out of my right. mouth. Right. Like the, the, we have we have way too good of guests and like way yeah. too way too many great people that we work with that I shouldn't have to deal with these people that have, you know, guys like guys like Stevie who have less far followers than me that right. probably bought their check. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, it's like thanks Ian for coming on. Now at the end of the show, I got to yeah. take out the trash. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, it's been rough, man. Hey, but hey, was good stuff, Kenny. Was a good show. Still, was a busy week, Uh, but I'm I'm glad, man. Uh, I'm glad I brought in the Bone Crusher to take care of business, man. And uh, I look forward to what's to come. It was a little bit of a shorter episode of what we're used to, but we're trying to condense things, trying to pack more content a little quicker. Uh, So, you guys, I hope you guys enjoy this episode, Kenny. Man, thanks for coming on, bringing the heat. I know you've been amped all day, ready to burn the mic, and uh, you did not disappoint, brother. So, until next week, my man. What do you have to say to Mike Florio and Dollar General Mike Florio? Look, Walmart. Look, Dollar Store. You guys can talk all you want on your little lap. Do your little things and make you feel good about yourself. When you know that deep down you live a sad and lonely life. Well, all you're doing is obsessing over a guy who makes more money than you. Who plays better than you who has more athletic ability in his pinky finger than you'll ever have in your whole body. But guess what? You can write good. That's great. Now, why don't you take those take those 180 characters or whatever it is on Twitter now, because I don't really keep track of that. I just tweet what I want, when I want, where I want, and I'm going to do it whenever I want. But you can take it, stick it sideways, shine it up real nice, and shove it up. Your Rudy Poot candy ass. You smell what the king is cooking. So, boom, wrapping the show up in a big way. Uh, I know we took a week off, but hopefully, you guys were able to get held over a little bit with the Max Crosby and Jason Cabinda interviews last week. And then this week, get an Ian Rappaport. I think we had two great shows. Hope you guys are satisfied. Sorry for no phone calls this week. I actually had an issue with my phone call system. Uh, I've had a lot of issues with the phone call system, actually. So I'm uh, going to work on that. Should have it back next week. I'll take the I had a, two or three calls this week. I'll take those next week also. Uh, but yeah, if you want to still call in, make sure you call in at 808-650-7220. You call in anytime. It's a voicemail. You just leave your message. We'll pick it up. We'll take it the next episode. Uh, make sure you visit our website, www. Do people say, people still say www? <laughs> RaiderCody.com. Uh, all of our favorite platforms are on there. All of our best platforms, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all the links are there. You can listen right off the website. Make sure you even take a look at maybe even purchasing a Raider Cody podcast t-shirt. These t-shirts are sweet. They come from DC4L Custom Tees. Take a look at them. 
a pretty good price too. They're under 20 bucks. Nice shirts. Uh, take a look, maybe purchase one, support your favorite podcast. Uh, still selling stickers. I got a few left. Uh, you can DM me on Twitter or anywhere. If you have my phone number, you can text me. Uh, but it was a good show. It was a, was a great week. Uh, still battling this cold. So next week I should sound a little bit better, a little bit more clear. Uh, but hope you guys enjoyed it. Until next week, Raider Nation. See you guys. <laughs>